This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecki is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Gwilda Wiecki's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Science of Magic or endorsed in any manner by Gwilda Wiecki, Relmar McConnell Media Company, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees. Welcome to the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, a program dedicated to uncovering the unified nature of reality and humanity's ever-evolving place as truly galactic beings. For more information on the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, visit us online at www.thescienceofmagic.net. Hello, dear friends, and welcome to another exciting episode of The Science of Magic, a program combining the science and magic of today's leading topics to promote revolutionary thought and co-create new solutions. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring alternative healing options for trauma and recovery. There's more to healing trauma than meets the eye. If this were not so, we would not have so many veterans, police officers, and emergency workers suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD. Regardless of attempts to bring ease through debriefing and counseling, their suffering often continues long after the trauma has passed. Many of our gallant protectors are relegated to a lifetime of medication to control the often debilitating symptoms that compromise their relationships and devastate their lives. What are we missing? What are the underlying causes leading to continued suffering? Where is the trauma stored to be constantly re-triggered? How can we access and clear old trauma, freeing us up to live in the now? Our guest this hour is in a unique position to help us unravel this mystery. Maureen Higgins founded the Wings of Freedom in 1998 as an alternative counseling practice. She has her Master's of Arts in Human Development with a focus on societal and religious belief systems, how they affect our healing process, trauma and recovery, and alternative healing options. Maureen has developed numerous healing systems since 2005, including disconnection from the collective shadow, cellular activation, and many healing systems to heal the self. They include healing the ancestry, past and simultaneous lifetimes, and the collective. Her website, Wings of Freedom Numeral One, Maureen, thank you so, so much for being on The Science and Magic. Oh, thank you so much for having me today. I really appreciate it. How did you become interested in working with trauma? Well, it usually starts with our own self when people are really interested in something. So 
I had uh, some things that I needed to heal myself in my 20s. And so I started investigating what would be a good option for myself and found that really trauma is stored on such a deep cellular level that you need to have options much more than what was out there at the time. Because this, I was, I was in my 20s and 1980s, and there wasn't a lot of options back then. So I started exploring on my own different things that would work and decided to go to school for it. And as I did that, I learned a lot about what was there for people and what was not there for people and really found that one of the biggest things is our belief systems. And if we can open our mind to something more, that it allows us to start releasing things way down to the cellular level. So that's what started it. Wow, that's, that's amazing. So did, did, were you a trauma sufferer yourself? Yes, I was. And, and you found that this really helps? Yes, well, I found that really as we hold on to trauma, that it doesn't allow our spirit to be fully embodied. So I think that's what I've discovered is dissociation, is that our spirit isn't really within our body. It's almost like living outside of us until we can clear the trauma and bring ourselves back in, which is much of what shamans do. Yes, that's exactly the same thing. Is we, we call it soul loss. You, you don't really lose your soul, but you certainly disconnect from part of your expression, and, and it, doesn't be, it doesn't work out in your life. Right. To me, it almost looks like it's hanging out outside of ourselves. that yeah. it's not fully inside. Exactly. It's kind of yeah. corded to us and not fully there to access as much as we need it. So you have a Master's of Arts in Human Development. How's that prepared you to work with trauma and recovery? Well, what I did was took a combination of psychology classes that were more traditional so that I could understand what trauma was really about. And Bessel van der Kolk, I think, has really been a helpful person in learning about trauma. He did a lot of good explaining what happens with the brain and how we hold on to things with the body. And so I did a lot of research on my own because I did some independent studies on his work and also looked at a lot of the, did a huge study on religious beliefs and societal beliefs and how they keep us stuck. And I found that there's really a correlation between what our thought system is, and what we're holding on to. The more open we are to possibilities of the unknown, the more we're going to be able to let go of things from the past. If we keep that usual human viewpoint, we're going to be stuck with the usual human trauma and difficulties. We just kind of recycle it, don't we? Like superimposing the events of the past onto the present and living a rerun. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. How could a person tell if they're suffering from residual trauma? Well, that's tricky because some people, it's been such a part of their life, even perhaps since they were real small, where it may seem normal to them. And sometimes the only way you can really tell is that your life isn't working or that you feel unhappy and that perhaps you don't even realize that you're not fully embodied because it's so normal. So I think part of it is, is that people discover it as they're ready. Typically, people aren't even aware that there's something there because their brain doesn't allow them to really remember the past very well. It's like a safety valve. So typically what will happen is, and I, that's what Bessel van der Kolk, I think, was so good at showing us, is that the amygdala, the part of the brain that's the anxiety part of the brain, if that's also the part of the brain that passes memory, to the hippocampus, which delivers it to short-term and then long-term memory, if there's something really traumatic, it can't be passed along because the amygdala 
ends up, the amygdala ends up not being able to pass on the information to be filed and categorized, so it gets flung into the unconscious. So what happens is that we have little triggers and flashbacks that can possibly come up, or perhaps we have amnesia until we're ready to deal with it. Mm, And that's pretty common, isn't it? Very. You know, I, I think most of us don't recognize how much we don't remember because of trauma. I agree with you. You know, we think that's, oh, this is just for for emergency workers or for veterans, but I think we all suffer from it, don't you? I do. In fact, a friend of mine, she went to a trauma conference just about a week ago with uh, Bessel van der Kolk, and he was even talking about how even little babies, if they're left too long without their parent, they can get traumatized just for feeling abandoned. It's not the same kind of trauma perhaps as let's say some sort of sexual abuse but it's still a trauma of sorts that can affect them for their entire life i've certainly seen it and there's there's a lot of trauma just in being incarnated incarnated here isn't there there really is and i think we part of it is is that we are on a lower vibrational planet which i think we've all decided as a collective to experience together but i do think that we're ready to start moving out of it more fully not completely but we're getting there do you think that's because of uh, where we are in the galaxy? I know that there's a, a lot of um, thought about how we're moving into a higher frequency part of the galaxy, which is allowing us to evolve at this time. I do. And a lot of people are thinking that it's not the case because there's so many things that are difficult right now. But I really take the stance that it's exciting that it's all up now because it's been there all along. All the difficulties and traumas that are coming up to the surface have been there all along, but we just haven't dealt with them. We didn't have the internet for the longest time either, so nobody knew what was going on in different parts of the world. Plus, we have so many more people than before. It's bound to be more than in the past. We went from 1.2 billion in the 1920s to now going on like seven and a half billion. That's a lot more people. Yeah, where are they all coming from? (laughs) (laughs) I know. Could could you give some examples of of things resulting in PTSD? We've touched on a few. I mean, as far as examples of what happens to people? Um, Just things that can cause PTSD. I think, like I said, a lot of people think, well, you have to go to war. Oh, sure. Well, I've seen a lot of different things in my own practice. I've seen anything from somebody who, let's say, had premature birth and had to go into an incubator. There is one woman that actually bonded with the incubator and had a hard time feeling safe in a relationship because she was there for a few weeks. I've seen anything, and then she has wonderful parents, so it's not that anybody did anything intentionally to her. It was just a part of what happened with her birth. And I've seen people where there's incest, either within their, like with their parents or siblings or other relatives or date rape. There can be that that I have seen. I remember one client years ago, she had a date rape where she turned it into a relationship. She didn't want to face the fact that she was raped, so she made him her boyfriend until she recognized that that really wasn't what it was. Right. And it, you know, so, you know, anything like that, or even verbal abuse where somebody is name-calling or saying things that make a person not feel good about themselves, that, that can cause a type of trauma where you just don't feel like you can move forward in life physical abuse. There's just a lot of different things. Do you think that some of us are more, um, take things deeper and are more easily traumatized than others? I do. I know that there was some studies about resiliency that I haven't, I haven't heard of much lately, but I do know that the mindfulness is to help with resiliency. You hear a lot about mindfulness nowadays. 
Mm-hmm. And I do think that people come in with more resiliency than others. And, you know, I know that there's a lot of research trying to figure out how can we make people more resilient so they can get through things because there are going to be traumas coming up for all of us. Right. Particularly in these times, because everything's kind of shaken up and falling apart in a way, isn't it? It really is. And I think it needs to fall apart and come in differently. But in the meantime, it's not easy. Yeah, I won't argue with you there. Yeah. What exactly is alternative counseling? Well, what I mean by that is that I know a lot of times people go for counseling and it's talk therapy. And now, Mm -hmm. fortunately, we have EMDR and there's other modalities like brain spotting, which apparently is an upgraded EMDR from what I've heard. Uh, But at least at the time where I started my practice, there really wasn't even that much talk about those those two things. I know brain spotting is relatively new, but EMDR apparently has been around for a while, but I didn't hear of anything of it. So I wanted to find ways for people to be able to let go of the trauma on a mental, emotional, and physical level. So I came up with my own things. I started out taking guided imagery from the Psychosynthesis Institute and Jinshin Jitsu, which is an ancient Japanese bodywork and Reiki. And I've kind of, over the years, I developed my own techniques. And basically what it is, is that I, I have intuitive sight, which would be clairvoyance. And so if I, you could say in a sense, change channels, I can see what's going around around people in their energy field. And I can see what is going on in terms of perhaps what ages they have challenges with. I never want to tell somebody what what's happened to them, because I don't think that's helpful or useful whatsoever, but to kind of give them an idea of maybe what era they or age they need to look at. And they tell me what what they know about a certain age and how they felt about that age or if they even remember anything at all. And I look to see what belief systems are helping them understand what belief systems are coming from their ancestors, because what I have found is that our ancestors they have well, fa- we're going to have to pick up with ancestors on the other side of a short break. Maureen and I will return shortly, so don't you folks go away. You're listening to The Science of Magic, aired daily on xzbn.net. Prior episodes can always be accessed free of charge on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. 
For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour, Maureen Higgins, founded Wings of Freedom, an alternative counseling practice focusing on trauma recovery and alternative healing options. Her website, wingsoffreedom1.com. Maureen, let's go backwards just a little bit, and would you mind uh, explaining what EMDR is? Sure. EMDR is something where a practitioner, and I haven't taken it, so I'm just going by what I know of it, where you use lights, and I think you have like a ball in your hand that activates the brain, the lights in this activation that you use some sort of uh, device that kind of you use in your hands activates the brain so that you're able to recover memories and help let them go from the brain. Oh, okay. So so you're using a physical stimulus to uh, cross-wire the brain in a way. Yes. So you're actually, a lot of people that I have seen that have done it say that as they are led through this process by a psychologist, that the memories start coming up. And for some people, it's great. They can let them go. And other people, it's not so good. It's too much. Yeah, you know, that's what I wanted to get into. Because what I, what I have, I've heard EMDR can be really great. And I've also heard it can push people beyond their processing substance. Exactly. So you have to be careful. Yeah. Yeah. How long has it been around? Do you know? I've heard that it's been around since the 1980s, but I have not, I never heard of it until about the 2000s. So it wasn't real out there until probably about 15 years ago. Right, right. Um, do you have any training or licensing as a counselor yourself? Um, I don't have a license. And the reason why is I decided that I wanted to do more alternative. And when I went to grad school, I was told that if I got a license as, let's say, a psychologist or a social worker, that I wouldn't be able to do all the things that I wanted to do. So I give people a client's bill of rights that shows that I'm an unlicensed professional. So then do you have a referral base of people that are licensed for people that start having difficulty? Oh, for sure I do. I have a lot of people I refer to. So if somebody's really going through a difficult time, I suggest they go to a psychologist. And a lot of, I have psychologists that send their patients to me so that they can do some work that's more deep that they aren't able to do, and then I send people to them so that they can process through what's going on in a different way. Yeah, it takes a tribe, doesn't it? Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about the effects social and religious belief systems have on our healing process. Well, I do think that we're born into a collective where we have different belief systems, and part of it is the religious and so if you are brought up in a family that has certain rigid beliefs about what God is or about what good and bad is, that can keep us stuck in guilt and shame and unable to move forward. So sometimes we have to change our whole definition about what what God means to us and what good and bad is to us. Do we write these stories that we then just kind of get stuck in? I do think so. When you look at religion, and religion has a lot of good to it, so I don't mean to make it sound like it doesn't, but you know, you look back at the way it developed and I still I did some research about what caused Christianity to be so big in our on our planet, and really it was voted on 
on three, about 350 AD by the Council of Nicaea to be the religion by the emperor of the time, Constantine, and then anybody who didn't believe in it was killed. So you figure there's been a lot of back and forth wars about religion, and that I think that it's in a sense ingrained that if you don't believe in it, perhaps you're going to die or something bad can happen to you. So that's one theory I've had is that we've kind of put ourselves in a corner with it. There's a built-in fear. So what do you see as the difference between religion and spirituality? Well, I think religion is more of a structure set up by an organization, and spirituality is our own relationship with our higher self, which is our spirit in the universe. Okay, so where where is trauma stored? Well, I see it stored in a, a lot of different places. Uh, one of the things, I use a template that shows that we have all these different influences around us. So kind of my definition of, of the template is that if we were to take everybody's spirit and let's say it would be all of the higher selves and living consciousness of everybody and everything and put it all together, that would be God or the oneness field. And so we all decide to have these different experiences from hate to love just to see what they're like. So we duplicated the oneness field and put it into all these trillions of universes. And we pick, we pick different lifetimes to learn and grow. And so we have all these influences. So our ancestors are an influence. Our, all these different lifetimes are an influence in our field. So let's say before you plan your life, you decide to see what lifetimes you want to work through yet, like what past lives are not fully resolved, what simultaneous lifetimes have a theme that fit the past lives that aren't resolved. And then you may come up with a couple of themes that you want to work on. And then you pick the ancestors that provide those same themes. And typically all the souls are the same. We keep coming back with the same actors and actresses. And so the, the energy field of the ancestors and all these lifetimes are actually within our own energy field. So we're feeling the influences of all these different souls and lifetimes. And I'd say that's 80% of what we're experiencing is things that are not directly related to our current life. Only about so, 20% is what's current. So a lot of what you're doing is based on the theory that we have past lives and those past lives bleed into our current one? Right. Things that are unresolved, that's part of it. And then simultaneous lives, which would be taken into account that there's really no time or space. So I work on resolving simultaneous lives and then also clearing the trauma and difficulties from our ancestral fields. Do you think, do you think that the, um, you know, again, simultaneous lives and past lives are kind of theoretical. We don't have any proof of it un- unless I'm missing my mark. No, but I agree seems- with you. But it seems like we have plenty to deal with in this lifetime. Why do you focus on the others? Well, I focus on all of it, but the reason why is because when you clear that up, a person feels markedly better. So I go by the theory that if I work on them in that way and they feel, let's say, a huge release and feel lighter, then there's something to it, even though I do agree it's a theory. What causes the trauma from the past to be re-triggered? Well, a lot of times it's meeting people that were in these lifetimes, or perhaps we're in a safe place in our current life where we're ready to deal with it. So let's say something happens in your current life. It may trigger, let's say, five past lives that haven't been fully resolved. So if you can clear those five past lives, it takes a lot of pressure off of the person because that energy, in a sense, is kind of flowing into the current self so that it's easier to work on the current situation. So do you track the current trauma to past causality 
Well, I do think there is some correlation. So I think that we come to rework things with the people that we haven't worked things through with yet. Um, I think uh, what I was trying to ask is when you're working in counseling with someone, do you see what's triggering them in the present and then track it backwards to find the major point of cause? Yes. No, that's that. Yes, I understand. I do that. That's very important. Do you do you do that through talk? Well, between talk and then I look at their energy field to see where the different points are. For example, if they have a current problem, I may see that there's, let's say, three past lives and let's say two simultaneous. And let's say the mother's side of the family had that same thing happen four generations back. The father's side may have had it seven generations back. So then we want to work on all those things that are in the field and in a sense, remove those influences so that it's easier to work on the current. So do you think these are actual things or just metaphors for patterns that a person is carrying? Well, I don't know if it matters. You yeah, know, just I, fix it, right? <laughs> I think that, right. I mean, to me, I consider everything a template. And things show up a certain way, and I use it based on this template, and I figure if it works and people feel better, then there's something to it. I figure we're kindergartners here on Earth and that we'll find out exactly how things work once we move on to the other side. Or at least we hope we will. I hope so. <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about this template. It's pretty fascinating. Well, it, it's, I started developing it by just looking at people's energy fields. So I see it in the field almost like if I was, say if I was working with you, I would see that, let's say, the front of the energy field has the mother's ancestry and the father's. So it's almost like I see almost like a, you could say, a metaphorical family there. And it will show me kind of, it'll kind of go back. It'll show me how far back things happened. And then it will show me a picture of what possibly could have happened. And then most of the time, I'd say 90% of the time, people relate to it. Sometimes they have to go back and ask their parents or grandparents if, if, there's, makes, if it makes sense. And a lot of times it does. Or if they're not sure, we just go by clearing it and then to see how they feel, which typically will create some sort of relief where they feel better. You know, one of my teachers says, you don't go through the garbage, you just take it out. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so how, where'd you get your training to work intuitively? Well, I started when I was 10. With my, one of my aunts, she was really big in the metaphysical community. Her name is, or was, she's no longer alive, Mary Rowan. And she worked a lot with people that were involved in Marielle and Reiki and she did intuitive development classes and handwriting analysis classes. So she was kind of a pioneer of sorts. And so she could see that I had intuition. So she took me under her wing. And then I've just taken different classes over the years to, to practice my intuition. And then I've taken a lot of both traditional and non-traditional classes to learn. And you get to a certain point where, you know, I'm 56 years old. So you're going to start coming up with your own things and you start trusting it because you've just done it that long. So tried and true kind of thing? Right. You know, if you have enough experience where you can see that it's working for people, then you figure there's something to it. doesn't mean you don't keep learning because you do, but you figure that there's something to it if you're finding enough people are, are having good success with it. So have you been just dead wrong? You mean in terms of helping somebody? In, in intuitive. You intuit something and it's just off. Well, you know, I guess it's hard to say. I mean, I my feeling is, is that there's always going to be something to it. doesn't mean that it's going to be exact. 
but I haven't found that anything is like dead wrong, but I'm, I'm sure that there's probably things that have, I just haven't been told about it. How much is it in the interpretation of the information that you're getting? Oh, I think that's huge. I think that I always tell people that this is just a way to understand things, that nothing is, we don't really know how the universe works. So we're really trying to get to the essence of what's going on with the person. And so typically a person can relate to the essence. They don't have to believe everything that I'm saying as long as they can relate to what the underlying current is in their life. It does seem like we're looking through a dark glass, uh, glass darkly, doesn't it? I mean, it's like we have a concept of reality, but it's like things are starting to bleed through that don't add up to um, the common denominator belief system. Are you finding that? Oh, for sure. Yes. I think, again, the more open we can be to expanding into a whole different way of looking at life, the better off. Yeah, it's, it's, and right now it seems to be accelerating, doesn't it? Oh, I agree. I think it really is, which I think is great. Well, it's intense. It is. <laughs> but I figure that it's, I, I'm excited that we're breaking out of the old. Well, it used to be, you know, we had our, our story and we were sticking to it and everybody hung their hat on it. And now I think a lot of people are floundering because that's not so true. It's, it, it, I agree with you. And we need to change our way of looking at things and be excited that we can start moving to a whole different consciousness together and accessing help together and recognizing that Perhaps there isn't one truth. Perhaps it's something much bigger than us here. Well, we're going to have to take up on our debate of truth <laughs> after a commercial break. Maureen and I will return to this discussion on the other side of this break, so you don't want to go away. We're coming to you through the Exxon Broadcast Network, where new and exciting things are always afoot. Don't miss the other fine shows and hosts on xzbn.net. You're listening to The Science of Magic. Your resource for creative solutions in a changing world, thescienceofmagic.net. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. 
Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is Maureen Higgins, the founder of Wings of Freedom, an alternative counseling practice focusing on trauma recovery. Her website, wingsoffreedom1.com. Maureen, we were talking about reality, and I'm wondering how much does our healing depend on our ability to shift our concept of reality? Oh, I think it's huge. I think that the more we're open to be able to look at life differently and willing to let go of the past as we know it, the greater success we're going to have. You know, even I could be the best healer in the world and nothing happens if that person isn't ready because it's really about ourself and what we're ready to do. And that's the way it should be. We're here to learn. So how, how much reframing goes on in, in the healing process? Oh, quite a bit. I think that it's a combination of I tell them what I think about things or, you know, whoever's working with somebody would give their impressions and then that person takes it in and reflects back how they're taking it. And between the two people, between the facilitator and the person there for the healing, you come up with something. I've learned a lot from people by walking that have walked into my doors. You know, we have, there's a lot of wisdom there. It's just a matter of trusting it and being willing to, to believe what's true for you. Well, you know, shamanically speaking, because <laughs> that's my area of expertise, when so often we make up our decisions about life through trauma when we're children and have no way to really frame them accurately. Then we hold on to those stories. Do you find that to be the case? And if so, how do you unravel that? Oh, I think that's really true. Well, it's a combination of being aware of it because I think a lot of times people are not aware that this is the case. And I always have people focus on their body since the body's the barometer of what's going on. So it's a combination of, you know, talking about what's going on and then let's say if there's somebody that's coming in for healing typically your body will tell you where things are being held on to and so let's say the let's say the person has a lot of heart pain they may go in there and discover that it's something that their heart has been holding on to for you know since they were two for example they may even see themselves at age two and get a sense of how hard it was at age two if they're ready to deal with it and then by staying with whatever the pain and the difficulty is, it'll start unraveling from the heart or wherever it's being held and start moving out. And I always ask, too, that their higher self, which I think we all have a spirit that knows everything, past, present, future, that it's in charge of what's going on and that their spirit guides, which I think of as just help from the other side, um, is there to assist, too. And you start asking that these things are moved out of the heart or wherever it's being held on to mentally, emotionally, and physically. So if we're trapped with these things being held on through the body, um, does the body actually trap us in the past trauma as well? I think it does. I think the body is just so used to carrying it that it doesn't know any better. So then it's triggered in the body and throws us into the past, doesn't it? It does. So then we aren't in the present and we can't heal. Exactly. So we have to, let, we have, to have our body let it go. How do you do that? Well, kind of what I was saying is that it's a combination of having the person really get in touch with their own body. That's why I think it's so great that there's so many body type of things out there for people now, even certain yoga practices, the somatics, 
And I do things with energy work and having people focus. You have to pick whatever works for you because not everybody's going to do well with the same thing. So you find your, your body-based type of work and you really stay with your body and, and see what your body has to tell you. And by doing that, it actually starts unraveling and letting go of the past. You know, I was in uh, body school, body work school at one point, um, Boulder College of Massage, and there was this form called neo Reikian. Uh, not Reiki, but Reiki. And um, it was a form of accessing trauma in the body. But what I witnessed among my classmates and then later among people that were clients is that you could access the trauma, they'd writhe and carry on on the table, but then nothing changed because you could go back there next week, hit the same spot, and get the same results. How do you break that cycle? Well, I do think that it can take time for some people to work it through. I think a person has to be ready for it. But what I have seen is that if you let go of the trauma and then bring back the spirit to, re- to fill all voids and spaces, and actually I, well, a lot of times what I'll see is that a person can activate certain codes of knowledge that is there waiting for them to access. I think our body holds onto really positive things that we're not able to access until we're ready that can be activated into place you could say we come in with certain seeds of knowledge and that can shift the patterns within the body as well I see a lot of people shift quite quickly when they're ready and some people it's a lot slower it just depends on the person so I think it depends sounds like you're talking about it sounds like you're talking about soul retrieval again (laughs) well that's a huge part of it (laughs) I really do I think if you don't bring that soul back in it's not going to shift it's not going to shift so tell me, Marie, are you a closet shaman? <laughs> I think so. I'm really big on that. I do that all the time. That's the thing is that you let go of what's you let go of the past, bring back in the spirit. Let go of the past, bring back in the spirit. <laughs> what are the underlying causes that impinge that um, that process, though? Well, I think unwillingness to let go. A person may not be ready. I don't get as many people like that because. You know, it's such an unusual thing that I do that a lot of times people are desperate by the time they come to see me. <laughs> so I get people that are real ready for the most part. But I think that, if you know, therapists are probably going to see people that are less ready. So that's, that's always going to be challenging in terms of making as good a progress. A lot of times people get stuck in the past. They may even become used to being a victim and not notice or recognize that they can get out of it. They just... Again, they're recycling what they think is truth. Oh, I've got a, I've got a rabbit hole for us around that. Um, so how much of that is due to guilt? And as long as we can be a victim, we're not the guilty party. Boy, that's a good one. I think that guilt and unforgiveness of self and others is the glue that keeps us stuck. Yeah, yeah, I would have to agree with that. So let's back up a little. What is the standard treatment for PTSD? Well, I would say that if most people would start with talk therapy, which I think is really a good idea because you don't want to go too fast. So you start with talking about things and you work through your unhelpful belief systems and so forth. And then if somebody's ready to go to phase two, you want to start looking at something. With some people, we talked about EMDR or this brain spotting, somatics may be good. There's even a new yoga that somebody was telling me about that somatic based that is starting to be more used. You know, for me, I use the energy work and guided imagery, which you don't need to be good at guided imagery. You just need to be able to stay focused on your body. There's just a lot of different options, but I think starting with talk therapy is really a good idea first. 
how much of being stuck in this and we're trying to unravel is um, um, embedded in the neurological pathways at this point? Because we've been repeating these stories and these belief systems most of our life. How do we get at that? Well, that's a good that's a good question. But, you know, I think part of it, even before that, is a lot of times people are in such denial about what happened to them that they need to start getting out of denial. And that's why I think that's step one is recognizing that, yeah, these things did happen to me. And yes, they did make an impact on me. So that's where talk therapy comes in. And then so I mean, think you mean denial oh, isn't a river in Egypt? <laughs> nope, I guess not. <laughs> That's a huge one for all of us. I think denial is real easy. It's easy to, to not want to deal with things. It's safer. But when a person's deep in denial, they don't know they are, right? How, how do you get that across to them without getting their dander up? Well, they know they're unhappy. So that's step one. So what's making you unhappy? You have to get in touch with that. So if somebody is in there to get happier, you, all you can do is lead them to the water. And they'll have to decide whether to drink it or not. Well, discomfort is a great motivator, isn't it? For sure it is. I think that's what gets most of us going. <laughs> yeah, if we're, if, we're, if we're happy where we're at, we're not going to be moving, right? That's for sure. Yeah. What? Let's change subjects a little bit here. What can you tell us about the ascension process? Well, everybody has their own take on it. But what mine is, which I know a lot of other people have the same take, is I was talking about how I think that all of us are one, really. You know, if you took everybody's higher self, and all living consciousness and put them into one field that would be God or source. And let's say we, God or source wanted to see what it was like to have all these experiences from hate to love. What's it like to have an experience in a dimension that's more aligned with hate? What's it like to have an experience that's more aligned with love? And what's it like to have an experience anywhere in between? So we duplicated God or source, let's say we're a hologram, and we put ourselves into all these trillions of universes from hate to love, and now it's time to wrap up the lower realms. So that let's say that you know I think Earth and a lot of people think Earth is th three to four. So let's say we're using eleven dimensions. Dimension one is hate. Dimension eleven is love, and we're three to four. That's pretty low. So what we want to do is we're we're in the process of wrapping up, let's say one to three or four, and moving up to the next level, because it's time. We this is the time frame we've decided as a collective to do that. So how can healing trauma aid in this ascension process? Well, I do think trauma is connected to the lower realms. You know, if we're living in a reality that's more aligned with hate or polarized, and we have a lot of good things here too, but we're a polarized planet. You know, it's a dimension that's lower where we're going to have a lot of polarity. So in order to shift out of the lower realms, we need to deal with that, or otherwise we're never going to be able to move to the next level. You can't embody your spirit if you're holding on to a lot of trauma. And embodying your spirit is what's going to move us to the next level. What do you mean by polarized? What What is that? Well, polarized would be that there's a lot of things that you could say are really more aligned with hate on our planet, and there's a lot of things that are very lovely and loving on our plant, planet. So we have both going on at the same time. And uh, how is non-polarization different from that? Well, I think that we're moving to a less polarized where there's where the you could say instead of being having this very dark, dark kind of hate type of energy that we can make it less so where it's going to be, you know, less there's going to be less extremes, you could say. So is it more like the acid base scale? Um, 
You know, if you go to one side or the other on the acid-base scale, whether it's base or acid, you're going to get burned. Is it kind of like that? That's a good way to put it. Okay, so it, it sounds like our, our ability to embrace all experiences would keep us from getting stuck in one extreme or the other? Right. I think the Buddhists really have it down where they talk about walking the middle path. So that you can, because I think on our planet, it is easy to get stuck in one or the other. So it's good. To, I mean, not that you can get stuck in love. I mean, that's a good thing to have. But because we have this other side to our planet that we need to recognize that we need to stay more kind of balanced in the middle so that we don't do the bipolar type of thing where we're going back and forth, back and forth. But a certain amount of going back and forth between polarity is the only thing that allows life. I mean, that's how the cell wall works, is that through positive and negative charge, it draws in what it needs and repels what it doesn't. How do, how do we reconcile that viewpoint with non-polarization? Well, I think that kind of what we're talking about is do no harm to others. So, you know, a lot of the things that we're seeing on the planet with, you know, people uh, abusing each other, killing each other, you know, even war thinking that we're right, so we're going to kill people due to that. Those are the kinds of things we're talking about wrapping up. Well, it's about time to wrap them up, huh? Oh, for sure. (laughs) We're going to have to take another commercial break. Um, But on the other side, Maureen and I will be back, so don't leave us now. This is the Science of Magic, your resource to altruistic professionals of science and the esoteric, working to create common ground for the betterment of our world, Join our email family to hear about the exciting upcoming retreats and classes with yours truly, Gwilda Wiecka, at thescienceofmagic.net. We will be back shortly, so don't go away. is under ever-increasing pressure from untenable lifestyles and growing populations. Yet, viable answers seem in short supply. What if I told you there's an ancient form that can empower you to take charge of your life? What if your entire family could be enfolded and supported by life itself, finding safe passage through challenging times? I'm Gwilda Wiecka, founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Art School with Great News, an upcoming series of leading-edge online affordable classes based in an ancient form of shamanism easily learned and used by your entire family. Galactic Shamanism, Art of the Ancients, Key to Tomorrow are a series of online adult and children's lessons instructing your entire family on natural law, how to cooperate with and be supported by the powers of the universe. Visit findyourpathhome.com to find these unique and powerful classes. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, 
Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic. Bringing together gifted people of service to the world, I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. What's up in your world? I always love to hear from my listeners, so please email me at the info at scienceofmagic.net. You can suggest a topic or guest that's on your mind, and I'm sure you'll not be the only one interested in hearing them. Our guest this hour is Maureen Higgins. She's the founder of the Wings of Freedom, an alternative counseling practice focusing on alternative healing options. Her website, wingsoffreedom1.com. Maureen, we were just talking, we were in, dancing around with polarization, and it seems like there's, it's such an invasive way of being in our world, and has been for millennia, that people are having a little bit of trouble really even conceiving of what it's like to be non-polarized. Would you speak to that a little? Well, that's, I agree, and it is hard to know what it's like to move into the unknown, and I think that's where shifting our perceptions or being willing to shift our perceptions to something totally different. Whenever I feel stuck in my own personal life, and I think this also applies to the collective, I always ask to move into a perception and attitude state that is beyond the normal human one so that I can move into something different for myself that's much better. How much, again, do you think guilt has to do with us having to find a villain to point the finger at rather than face our own stuff? Oh, I think that's huge. I think we all have guilt. And again, I think that's the glue that keeps us stuck, that and unforgiveness of self and others. And of course, they go together. So I think working on guilt and shame and unforgiveness is the key. And yet we've been so so conditioned into guilt through uh, a lot of the religions, quite frankly, don't you believe? Oh, I do think so. It's kind of kind of regrettable. Oh, I <laughs> so, know. <laughs> so what's the, what's the collective shadow you're speaking about? Well... I, that, that, again, would be the darker things that we're all connected to. So what it does is, like, was showing a process in 2005 about, in a sense, it's almost like if, if we were to take you as an example, you're connected to everybody and everything, let's say, through a giant matrix or grid system. It looks like a spider web to me. And so what I was showing is that we are, the spider web is connected into this heavier, difficult collective shadow which would be the kind of more things aligned with hate you know the killing of people let's say sexual and physical and mental abuse those type of things and so what it does is it in a sense pulls the spider web out of some of those collective collective heavier things and reconnects up to a higher level so you're not as subject to kind of like you're not wired up to it anymore exactly that's a good way to put it so what's the difference between that and denial well it's interesting because I do think it's hard to separate the individual consciousness from the collective a lot of times. That's why we need to be willing to let go of the belief systems because it's easier to, to move into a, or to be in a sheep mentality and not be in the truth. I think that's real common. So 
I would say probably a lot of us are just following what we were taught rather than moving into what could be true. So how can we, literally, how can we disconnect? Well, I think a lot of it is intention. When I do collective, do the disconnection from the collective shadow, people are willing to start making those changes. And just by doing that, it really does free up a lot of energy. And then I always follow it by something called cellular activation, which is a process that redoes the entire energy field and brings in different, you could say, downloads or codes of mastery so that a person starts feeling different. So this cellular activation sounds very much like um, um, these upgrades that you get from like a lot of different traditions use them. I know uh, Reiki is one form of it where people are literally activated with a frequency that they can then share. Is it similar to that? Well, yes and no. I think a lot of processes are going to have shared type of things, which is great. We need all the different things. We, we, you know, we need lots of different tools out there. Um, I would say, like, for example, cellular activation has a a three-phase process. The first phase, the first five steps are about redoing the the chakra system and the etheric body so that you can let go of the heavier things that that a person is connected into, which would, again, be connected into the collective and the ancestors and so forth. The sixth step is about bringing in codes for unconditional love and connecting up with like-minded souls, so it's a way to redo the energy field to do that. The seventh step is about uh, bringing in life purpose codes and energies because everybody has a purpose here, whether it be just fully healing oneself or and or helping others. So it helps to make it easier to do that. And then our aura, which is the egg-shaped energy field around us, that's the attraction part of the energy field that looks like geometric shapes. And if you look at geometry, shapes correlate with numbers and numbers is a universal universal language. And so the second phase is about completely redoing the attracting part of our energy field so we start attracting higher level experiences. And then the third phase, which is seven steps, connects us to energies of mastery, which would be um, like the ascended master energies. And I call it like the eight plus dimensional energies, which would be more middle realm. And the 11th dimensional energies, which would be aligned more with love. And then also bring in source energy, which allows us to remember that we are really one. And then it does almost like a a rewiring of the energy field so that, in a sense, we need to be able to hold a higher ampage, like a house. If you are getting a new, you know, let's say if you want 120 amps in your house, you can't have a system that only holds 80. So you have to redo it so that it can hold a higher wattage, so to speak. So that's the last part. So it looks to me like you're working with light. Yes, just like a lot of us are. Mm-hmm. So you're you're recalibrating the starting with the chakra system, the person's ability to channel light into the world. Exactly. As you do that, does that bring up all, all the old stuff that doesn't align with it to be cleared? It does, but I always ask that things go at a comfortable pace. I don't want anybody to be into something that they can't handle, and I haven't had that happen where somebody just can't can't deal with it. So I always figure if the higher self is in charge, then the higher self is going to decide how it's done. It could, you know, it doesn't have to be happening in one day. This process could take a year. So you brought up something before I'd kind of like to go into a little bit more, and that's intention. How much does conscious and unconscious intention drive this and how it works out? Well, I think our unconscious beliefs are the thing that get in the way the most. You know, those are the things that we we wonder why we don't have a better life, and we try what we can to put out those positive 
messages into the world, but we may have some unconscious things that are totally blocking us, which could be beliefs that our family has, and it can be beliefs that our religion that we were brought up in have, or it could be simply the traumas that we haven't dealt with. They're like an undercurrent in our energy field keeping us stuck. Do you think that we're actually in a better position at this particular time in history to heal on all these deeper levels? And if so, why? What's, what's offering that opportunity? Oh, I definitely think so. Well, I think of psychosynthesis, which is a psychology branch that I was involved in in grad school. And I remember them saying that if things are in the unconscious, you can't do anything about it. You have to bring things from the unconscious to the consciousness and then rise them up to the superconscious, which is the light, to heal. And I do think that we're in the midst of bringing everything, you know, at least a lot of things. I don't know about everything, but a lot of things from the unconscious into the consciousness in a collective sort of way so that we can bring them up to the superconscious, which is, I think is starting. You know, there's a, an exercise I teach children. I, I teach children shamanic skills. And I put a, a bowl of of water, a, pe- a pitcher, clear pitcher of water, and I put dye in it, food color. And then I say, so how do you get the color out? And of course the kids don't know. So then I take another pitcher of water and just keep pouring the pure water in and it overflows and pretty soon it runs clear. How does that relate to how light is working right now? Oh, I love that example that you give. Well, I do think that the more light we pour into ourselves, which you could say is the super conscious, the more open we are to our beautiful spirit, which is a part of the oneness field, more light is going to keep coming in to clear these things up. But we have to keep the intention going that our body is open to letting it go. The body can become fearful, and so it can hold on tight and make it more painful for us. And so if we can remind our body, just like we would a little child, because a lot of times the body is like the child that never got healed, that this is stuff that's just coming up to release. If you just let it go, you, you could feel better instantly, but the more you hold on to the old and are afraid of, of it coming up, the more painful it's going to be. So do you think that we're moving into a time where there's just flat more light available? Oh, yes. I think this is the time. So if we aren't moving, doesn't that bring a lot more pressure on us because of the increase in light? I agree with you. I think it has brought a lot of people to crisis because they have to start dealing with their things, their, you know, their past. What about the collective? we got collective crisis going on, don't we? Oh, we do. I, you know, I've always felt, and, you, and I'm sure a lot of people think the same way, is that it starts with ourself, and because we're connected to everybody and everything, it, it, eventually it creates a critical mass shift. So the more each of us can work on our own self and offer it to the collective, the greater progress we're going to have. And I think that's what's created this critical mass shift, is that a lot of people have started working on themselves, And that's exactly what we decided before we were born to do. Is that the greatest service? I do. I think if we can just work on ourselves, it's the best thing you can do. Because then the quality of what you bring through, the light you bring through and channel into the world is different. Exactly. Uh, These are amazing times to be alive, aren't they? They really are. Well, unfortunately, we're at the end of our time together. So, Maureen, thank you so, so much for coming on the show and sharing your, your, your knowledge. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's really been a good time. Our guest this hour has been Maureen Higgins, and she founded the Wings of Freedom, an alternative counseling practice focusing on trauma recovery and alternative healing options. Her website is wingsoffreedomnumeral1.com. 
And this has been the Science of Magic. Please join our email family to be this first to receive our thought-provoking, topic-driven episode collections and to hear about all the exciting upcoming events at thescienceofmagic.net. Until next time, dear ones, may you be blessed with knowledge and comforted with love as you embrace higher consciousness. <laughs>